0: Hi folks, Jack Spierko here. Today you are listening to an episode of TSP Rewind. <laughs> Commercial free versions of past episodes, podcasts blasts from the past. I put these up when I can't do a show due to professional commitments or rare vacations. These podcasts will appear in standard iTunes, Stitcher, and other feeds, but will be titled TSP Rewind Episodes and numbered accordingly. And today we are rewinding back to September 17th, 2015, so that's about four years ago, a little less than four years ago, to episode 1646, it was called Let's talk about Liberty. So here's what was going on back then. And I'm going to play some of the intro and, and cut out the commercial stuff for you. But I had a, this was a day where we were supposed to do a Colin in show. And it was a duck delivery day. And uh, I was kind of out of sorts. And uh, decided, hey, you know what I'm going to do? I am going to uh, just do a Just Jack show and just talk about one of my favorite subjects, which is Liberty. Now, the reason that I chose this show for today Today is July the 5th, one day after July the 4th, which, of course, is America's official Independence Day, at least as far as the day we celebrate it. Now, as I said earlier this week, I was going to take today off, and I said something to the effect of, I will be celebrating my independence. And, and that's true. That's what I'm doing today. I'm celebrating my personal independence. Uh, the long walk that became the survival podcast, that put me into a place where I can make decisions like, I'm just not working this day. I don't have to file a piece of paperwork and count my days off and have a boss say, you know, Jack, you just had a 10-day vacation. Isn't that enough? We need you. I I have the freedom to not work today. So that's what I'm doing. And this discussion, this discussion, let's talk about liberty, was rooted in the the at-the-time Republican debates. So, I did this show that you're about to hear the day after one of the big Republican primary debates, Rubio and Chris. I mean, the names you don't even think of now, like Chris Christie, etc. And of course, Donald Trump. And I was struck by how anti-liberty the message of the supposed liberty-based Republican Party was. So blatantly, but more so how well it was received. How people that claimed to love liberty thought it sounded really great. So, I do talk a lot in this episode about government and the problem with government and the way government works and the way government arrests liberty. But I spend a great deal of time in this episode really talking about the mindset that's necessary for your personal independence. So that you can have your own Independence Day whenever the hell you feel like it. And whether that's independence from work or whether that's independence from being told what you can and can't do. Whether it be by the state or by any other organization or entity. And the reason that it's so important to think this way is that probably 90% of the things that hold people back, that people think they can't do, they're not allowed to do, what have you, are... Not enforced by government. They're not enforced by. They're self-imposed. Even a lot of things that you can point to the the government. See, the government says, well, "I can't do this thing that I want to do," and and generally, when somebody says that, I look at it and go, "No, the government says you can't do this thing that you want to do with this straightforward path to doing it. You can't do it if you stay where you are and stay at the level that you're at." and stay, you know, basically status quo, and then just try to do this thing. Yeah, you're right, government won't let you do it. It's usually local government more, or state government more than federal government in that case, too. But you can generally look at it, and just like we had the show this week about laws of life, we talked about walls and the mazes they create. Most of the walls there are actually walls that you've self-imposed. I can't do this here. Well, you're the one imposing the wall that says you have to stay where you are. I can't do this with the amount of money I have. Well, you're the one imposing a law that says you can't have more money, right? I can't do this, you know, and do it in some particular way. You're the one that decided that particular way or that particular limitation was legitimate. And it's up to you to see the illegitimacy of the wall that you've created for yourself and remove it and go out and do something differently. But I also figured this show today would probably be listened to by a lot of people who were working. Who maybe had yesterday off but couldn't take today off and might, because of that, kind of be in a foul mood. A little bit of a foul mood. So, what do I do to try to help you with your foul mood? Yeah, I talk about politicians (laughs) and make you in a more foul mood. But a lot of times, when you have to work on a day when other people don't, it's just a little bit different and you have a little bit more time with your thoughts on your commute or whatever. It's just not the same as it usually is. So you have a little bit more time to think. If that's you today, use that time to think. Think about how you can create whatever it is that is your version of liberty in your life. Because one of the things we talk about in this episode today is liberty is not something that someone else can define for you. We can define the conditions that allow for liberty. But we can't define liberty. And I know that sounds crazy, but what I mean by that is Liberty, if you wanted me to try to define it, would be the ability to do as you so chose until such time as you were harming someone else or taking their property in some meaningful way. So if you are out minding your own business, doing your own thing in your own place, and you say something that somebody gets ass hurt about, that's fine. You have not impeded their liberty. If you are threatening to hurt them, even if you don't intend to, but you're making them believe that, in order to gain compliance from you're verbally bullying them, then that there's a victim. Like That's not liberty. So within the bounds of that, as long as you're not hurting somebody or taking their stuff, and as long as nobody can hurt you or take your stuff, as long as you don't do the same, that is the conditions that allow for liberty. But the actual liberty is going to be different. You might want to live in a McMansion. I don't. You might want to live the, the, the quintessential, typical... Uh, American dream picket fence life and i don 't that 's just one example of the thousands upon thousands of choices that we might make you want to be you might want to be tattooed from 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 tip to tail and i don't and it 's okay either way is fine and you come hang out with me with your tattoos and maybe somebody else thinks that people are tattoos or idiots. That person has every right to think that I think they're pretty stupid for it, but they have every right to think that, and if they don 't want to associate with you they don 't have to see so that 's liberty. Maybe people have a certain religious belief and they want to live a certain way under their religion and they want to talk about that. That's, that's fine, as long as you don't try to impose it on somebody else. That somebody else might be an atheist or a deist like myself. And it, all of that falls within what is liberty because liberty is what you make of it once you are granted the condition to allow for it. Now here's the thing. We teach you about design specifically designing life, designing your life, designing your business, on this show all the time. So instead of lamenting what you can't do, what you need to be doing is doing everything you can to design for yourself the condition that allows you for the maximum amount of liberty as you define liberty by what you want in your life. If you do that, you may not get 100% total freedom, but you get enough freedom to be able to do whatever you really want to do. There's always a way. Remember the words of Jeff Lawton from the expert Council: If, if the designer is up to his task, then the greater the restrictions, the more elegant the design. That's all these restrictions by government are. Is, uh, these laws by government are. These infringements by government are. The restrictions on your ability to design your life. That doesn't mean you necessarily accept the restriction. Often we design around the the restriction. We move to where the restriction is not in place. If I'm looking at a place and I decide all of a sudden that I want big ponds, I would like them. I have made a decision not to for other reasons, but if that was my number one priority, I would sell my property and get a place where I could put them in. And then all of a sudden that restriction that is bedrock in the earth, that is far more a natural restriction than the state is, I can remove that natural uh, restriction by moving even maybe 20 miles I can move restrictions of government sometimes by moving 50 feet just outside of a township or just outside of a certain county it's up to us it's up to us the problem is we have been convinced that liberty and freedom are a birthright they're not I know you want to believe that God granted me my freedom etc no God granted you the good sense to understand what liberty is. It's up to you to fight for it, to keep it. It's not your birthright. That's why we have so much screwed up in America today. We have a whole group of young people that have defined liberty for themselves in some twisted way that doesn't make any sense. But they believe that they're entitled to it because they've been taught that as an American, you just get this stuff rather than the cautionary words of one of our founders, Thomas Jefferson, that told us flat out that we would have to fight to keep our liberty. That at time, the tree of liberty would need to be watered with the blood of both patriots and tyrants. We can do it that way, but generally, smart design's a better way. With that, I hope you enjoy this rewind. Again, going back to seven, September 17th, 2015, episode 1646, let's talk about liberty. Hi folks, this is Jack Spierka with another edition of the Survival Podcast. As always, one man's view of the changing world, the changing times, and the things we can all do to live a better life, if times get tough, or even if they don't. Today is September 17th, 2015. This is episode 1646 of the Survival Podcast. And today's show is going to be different than what you'd expect for a Thursday. Instead of a call-in show, and I have pretty light call volume, so uh, we'll kind of save them up and pick through and choose the best ones for next week. Uh, I'm going to do a show called Let's Talk About Liberty today. That's what we're going to talk about is freedom and liberty and what that is. And I have my reasons for that, but the the chief one among them is making today's show a very simple show, uh, a relatively shorter show because it's like 2.30 and I'm just getting started recording now. I had a very long day. I won't bore you with the details, but it had to do with brand new ducks arriving at 5 o'clock in the morning at the post office, them calling me that early because I asked them to, um, and those ducks having taken three instead of two days to get here, and having to basically do uh, Duck First Aid. But I did get the first Duck Chronicles episode uh, out for Season 2. So that was up on the blog already today, so you might want to check out duckchronicles.com. The entire Season 1 is there, and we'll be just adding to that playlist as we get into Season 2. So with that, getting into today's show. I want you to understand part of what had me do this. Last night I guess I wanted to punish myself, so I watched the Republican debate. She has yes, both of them, the, the, the shorter one in the beginning and the three hour monstrosity later in the evening. And you know, I, I really came away from this feeling like even the even those in in the in the race that market themselves as staunch conservatives who are for, you know, smaller government hate liberty. They just despise liberty. They don't even know what it is, but they know they don't like it. From Chris Christie's comments on marijuana use to, you know, enforcing our will on the rest of the world. And, you know, when they weren't arguing with each other, when they actually did talk about the issues, to me it was frightening how little these top candidates for president understand liberty. And don't think I'm a Republican basher if you're new to the show. Um, I can say the same thing about everybody on the Democrat side, like, they don't get it. I don't even know what liberty is anymore. And I'm starting to realize it's because this country doesn't know what liberty is anymore. You, you might. You're listening to the show. If you've been listening a while, you've heard me talk about it enough. You probably do. But when I, you guys have to understand this. when I say this country doesn't or this country does anything, I, I'm speaking about the, the majority of people. That, that's all I mean. I don't mean that you individually. So just so I don't have to say that anymore today. So if this wasn't bad enough is I sat in dismay at how clearly none of these people seem to even comprehend liberty, which is supposed to be the foundation of this country. The next thing that happened was a little bit more troubling to me. So I, I got up this morning early and went to the post office. Really didn't pay attention to anything on the radio then, you know. Thankfully, I guess I'd punished myself enough the night before. But I ended up having to go get some stuff for the new ducks because we missed, we got everything out and ready, and then Dorothy put it away and doesn't remember what went. So I had to go get some uh, these, these feeders that I use as waterers for ducks so that they stay dry. And I listened to Glenn Beck on the way up there. I guess I felt like punishing myself again. And what, what got me most, you know, of course he hates Trump, so he was all over how Trump screwed himself last night. And he wasn't wrong about that in many ways. But then he starts talking about how good everybody sounded, even the people he doesn't like. Like, he doesn't like Chris Christie. He's like, I had to keep reminding myself of this guy's actual policies because last night he sounded great. If you didn't know who he was, you'd really like what he had to say. And I'm thinking, no, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. This is the guy that claims himself to be an independent libertarian with no allegiance to any party anymore because he finally figured out that you can't have that. And, And he likes... What Chris Christie's saying, you know, he he likes what Marco Rubio's saying. He he, he likes the idea that our solution to, to 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 Putin is to not even deal with him because he's a gangster. Like you're talking about these people. This is some of the stuff they say. We should even talk to him. You know, <laughs> we're not going to talk to the, to the second largest power in the world about our differences of opinion in Syria. Actually, the only guy with a common sense thought last night about how to handle Syria was Donald Trump, but he couldn't explain it, right? He's basically like, Assad hates ISIS, we don't like ISIS, ISIS hates Assad, we don't like Assad, they're fighting each other, why don't we let them fight each other? You know, and then his solution obviously was when they tear each other completely apart and they're completely sapped. When there's only one winner and he's, he's standing there all bruised up, and all you walk in and just take over. I, I, I kind of, sort of, kind of liked it up to that point, but I mean, do you realize that every time that we have toppled a dictator in the Middle East, what we got was worse. We got a, a theocracy based on radical, fundamental Islamic ideology, which is. A state using religion to justify its actions, which is as horrible as it gets. And this, this passes for liberty. Our belief that we can actually cause that to happen somewhere else in the world for our safety. Cause do you notice that's always the excuse for us interfering in other countries. If we don't go mess up their country, they'll come here and mess up our country. I mean, that's, that's, that's what it always breaks down to. And, and I think it's because we don't understand what liberty is anymore. And, and we're 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 saying that we're out fighting for freedom around the world while freedom is being destroyed in our own borders everything that freedom means everything that liberty means is just is being erased it's being seen as as something that's evil like we have actually made freedom a bad thing in this country because we don't know what liberty is liberty's actually pretty simple to understand liberty is the ability to do anything that you want until such time that you harm somebody else or take away their rightfully possessed property or damage their property, right? That's it. Unless you're physically harming somebody else, right? Unless you're taking their property or you're harming their property, then you should be able to do whatever you want, no matter what it is. Now, notice I didn't say if you're hurting their feelings, if your feelings are hurt by my actions, don't look at me anymore. If your feelings are hurt by my words, don't listen to me anymore. What about people that bully people verbally? Okay, now I'm aggressing on you. Now now I'm not allowing you to, 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 to get away from me. Now I'm pursuing you. Now I'm an aggressor. Now there's a problem. But if I'm standing up and saying something, or if you ask me a question and I give you my opinion, and it hurts your feelings or you think it's insensitive, you are not a victim. You're not a victim of anything except being a freaking wuss because your parents probably made you a wuss, your school system probably made you a wuss, and this nation has made you into a complete wuss. That's why That's my, why, why my words can harm you and make you feel bad because you're not strong enough to say, I don't really care what this guy thinks and anybody else. Liberty is the freedom to do anything you want until you harm someone else or interfere with their ability to pursue their own happiness or steal or damage their property. In other words, liberty is the emphasis of government. Because government does all of those things. Government does all of those things. Government interferes with your pursuit of happiness even when you're harming no one. Whether you're harming no one but yourself because you want to smoke dope. Go ahead if you want to. I don't care. Because I don't have to pay for your dope or pay for the consequences of your dope. I don't care. Right? Or you're out running a business doing something like growing food in a way the government doesn't approve of, but you have no victims. You have no one that says, I got sick because of his food. In fact, like you have lots of customers that think the quality of your food is better than anything they can buy at store. That's why they're buying it from you. right? Which is exactly what the case was with Joel Salatin. The government went in and reg tagged all his meat because the bureaucrat in the situation changed. What happened there was... Joel had gotten around the law by doing this. I can't sell you the cow after it's been slaughtered and butchered because I'm not that type of facility. So I'll sell you the cow when it's alive, and then I'll transport it for you to the slaughterhouse. You talk to the slaughterhouse. You tell them how you want it processed, and you pick up your own meat, and we're done with each other. There's nothing wrong with that. And that's not even getting around the spirit of the law, really, guys. Like, everybody was okay with that. People still do it today. They do it all over the place today that way. Because it doesn't matter when you bought the cow, just that you purchased the cow. Once it's your cow, if you want to personally take it somewhere and have it processed, you can. If you want to pay me to drive it over there for you, you can. But a bureaucrat change happened, and the guy that was overseeing Joel's area, he didn't like it. He went in, and he had tens of thousands of dollars worth of meat hanging that was already the property of his customers because customers already paid for it. And they put tags on it. And said. That, and it, it, they finally managed, managed to get this undone, but it was very close to a point where if it had gone much longer, all this meat would have been lost. The so government interfered with his business, even though he had no victim. Nobody accused him of anything. The government interfered with the right to property of the people that had paid good money for those cattle and interfered with the business of the processor who was doing the butchering because it didn't conform to what they said had to happen. In other words, they imposed their will on other people when there's no need to it. So we have to start asking ourselves, because we're told a lie, first of all. This is not a nation of laws. This is a nation of liberties, and and, and laws are to protect those liberties, that's that's what we are. We're not a nation of laws. that that's not how this nation was founded. is a nation of laws. It was founded as a place to be free, free of tyranny, for every man to have a voice. So we have to say, well, what is the only valid purpose of a law in a nation based on liberty? and it is for the defense of liberty. Any law that doesn't defend liberty has no place in a nation that claims to be a nation of liberty. You're going to say Lady Liberty is our our symbol, right? That we are for freedom and justice in the American way? If you are going to start out with freedom, then there's no point of any law that interferes with freedom, only for laws to protect freedoms. Now personally, of course, I'm an anarchist. I think that any state, no matter what you do, will become that in time. And that we need a stateless society. And I believe it can happen, but we're not going to go there today. For the people out there that know I'm an anarchist, and especially those of you that are like, I'm glad he became an anarchist, I'm saying this now so I can explain what I'm actually doing today. I'm explaining how this country is supposed to work, independent of my personal desires, right? Based on its founding and its ideology and and what were marketed to us. That's how it's supposed to work. The only purpose of a law, especially a federal law, in a republic of states, is a defense of liberty. Nothing more. Nothing more. So unless my actions physically harm you, harm your property, take your property, or obstruct your ability to conduct business your own way as long as you're not obstructing my then then there's no place for a law none that's it that's that's how that's how small our code of law should be and gee if we were only enforcing that we might have not only more innovation but more money because frankly we wouldn't need as much law enforcement think about how many laws are being enforced that are unnecessary i watch home improvement shows the guy wants to put an extra window in his house. The code says he can only have three windows on that side of the house. Can't do it. Okay, so who's infringing on liberty there? The guy that wants to put another window in his house? Or, I, I'm saying, you can't make that up, guys. Don't don't think I made that up. He had three windows. He wanted to put a fourth window in. They said no. Code says you can't put a, a fourth window in that wall. I... It's against the law for me to put a hole in my house. When you start thinking about that, who enforces that? And how much does it cost to pay somebody to be the enforcement arm for that type of thing? Well, buildings would be falling on people. Really? Do you think that's how people would really build their houses? I think we'd actually have safer, better housing today without all these codes. I'm not even saying there was no place for them at a time. The, 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 the reality is technology evolved a lot in the last 200 years. We know more now than we ever have at any time in history on how to do things the right way, the safe way, the best way, and how to innovate forward. And a lot of these laws came into place because we didn't really know what we were doing yet. Because a lot of these houses were built that followed the code today. Whenever you want to do anything to them, you have to rewire the whole thing because it was wired with knob and tube, right? So we've learned how to do better, And, and and there is a place I think some, and there was a place for a lot of things that were done, sometimes with law to get them done and to move society to where it is today. But then we let it run away with itself, which it always will. That's that's what the anarchists are trying to tell you. You give a government a power, one power, they'll use it to create two. You Then they'll take those two powers and they'll use them to create four, and so on. And if you look at the tax code, the building codes, if you look at every place the government has put its nose into, and just look at the progression of legislation, that's pretty much how it works. Pages of legislation have pretty much doubled every year. For at least the last 50 years. Now, now think about what that means for the next 50 years. What will you be able to do without asking permission? And I'll tell you what, I think the goal is for that answer to become nothing. That nothing should be done without license, approval, permitting, nothing. The human being should have to ask permission of their masters for everything that they do. So that they can have total control, so they can build what they think is a perfect society. I think that's how these people really, really think. So whenever you start talking about taking government down to this this bare-bones level, the only valid purpose of government in a society is the preservation of liberty. People say, well, okay, what if you and I have a disagreement? What if we need conflict resolution? I've talked about a lot of ways to do that. But let's say we have conflict and there's, even in this minarchist state, the state is going to get involved. How would the state make a decision of who to side with when both of us have a grievance with each other that we're not willing to work out on our own? Well, I think the way you would do it, if you actually stayed true to it, again, governments never do this, but if you stayed true to it, you'd say, okay, which one of you is actually impeding on the freedom and liberty of the other one? And many times you'd say, well, when you look at it, neither one's actually infringing on the other one's freedom. They're actually trying to, but they have not yet successfully done so. Okay, well, you both want something that that, that infringes on the other person. Neither one of you get what you want. Go figure out your own life. Go figure out your own life. And if one of you does infringe on the other, then we're going to get involved, so don't do it. Because most of the time, when you have these situations, today, it is the government picking a side that gets to infringe. So one person wants to run a small business, another person wants to run a large business. The people who want to run a large business have money and give it to the politicians. So the politicians then pass a regulation that makes it impossible for the small business to comply. You've now written the legislation to put your competitor out of business. That's the type of conflicts we actually have today. And it's because there's an apparatus to allow it to happen. If there wasn't an apparatus to allow it to happen, the, the, the larger company would have to use its resources to actually innovate and make their product and service offerings better rather than put the other company. And uh, let me tell you how this has permeated everything. And I used to do this, and I used to think I was smart and, and, and really good at what I did because I was able to do it. This thinking is in business on so many levels, even where things are non-governmental. One of the things we used to do at Fluke Networks to to sell more test equipment was get involved with the consultants that wrote the specifications for a project. So this company is going to put in, you know, 5,000 data drops and they all have to be tested after installed. And this consultant is for a fee managing the whole thing. They write the spec, they review the bids, they do everything. Well, we would get them to write that specification where it would say that the the cables must be tested, you know, with a, with a Fluke 4200. 4, have to be. Now, was there any good re- and when I, you And know, when I worked for a Microtest before Fluke bought us, we did the same thing there. That's what everybody was doing, getting the spec written so that your equipment had to be used. Because what that meant is if the contractor that got the job didn't have your equipment, they were going to have to buy your equipment and then we would do this we would say you know after the contractor's done and goes away the customer's going to maintain the site or they're going to have a contractor that maintains the site we have this huge budget for for materials right now Why don't we just put the equipment into the specification? And then when the job's over, the contractor leaves the equipment behind with the customer. Because the customer might not be able to get, you know, their, their, their budget later, but they have this huge budget now for this infrastructure, and they can, they can now get this great piece of test equipment. Knowing full well the customer had almost no need of that piece of equipment, or ten of them going into one job, and they would sit in a closet somewhere. And knowing full well the competitor's piece of equipment was just as valid for testing it. And, and this type of bullying, right, basically, getting in and, 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 and writing out your competition happens at all levels, the private sector and the public sector. The difference is, in the private sector, you have to make your case for it every time. And there's always the the potential that first of all the consultant will say no, and I'll tell you what happens is a lot of times. See, because I know what you're thinking right now. See, we need the government to stop that type of behavior, Jack. No, because this is often what would happen. The contractor would win the business and say, I have microtest, I have agile and equipment. It's just as good. And the consultant would almost never hold his ground, especially especially if the customer, the the end customer, liked the contractor. So there was always the potential for that to change. Right? Just because you wrote it into a, a specification didn't mean that it would be enforced. Right? There was no enforcement available other than the will of the parties involved. Now, when government does this, there's a fleet of people with badges and uniforms to do the enforcement. And the, and, and the, the restriction or the control isn't exerted over a single thing. Right, it's exerted at the federal level over 50 entire states. So when they spec in a restriction, okay, or they spec in a, a bureaucratic requirement, this is what big food's doing today. Big food gets these these the, these huge requirements put in, all these things that they themselves will have to comply with. And you say, why would they do that? Because they have a whole shitload of people sitting around behind computers that don't really do anything that meaningful anyway. And you know they need maybe 10 or 15 of them for a team, a compliance team, to do all this shit. And it's pennies to the dollar for them. But they also know that the small producer doing a few million dollars a year cannot afford to do this. Cannot afford it. It will go out of business if they attempt to comply. So they get it done at a national level under the guise of protecting our safety from people that we don't have any desire to be protected from. And that's how you sell every single thing government does in a tyranny. You need it, because without it, these terrible things will happen to you and your children. Uh, You have to ask yourself when you start thinking about this, why did we forget what freedom was all about in this country? I think part of it is karma that we've never cleaned up. Because we started out with freedom for some, not freedom for all. At the time that this nation had its greatest true freedom, we did not have freedom for everybody. And not everybody had a voice. And I'm not just talking about slavery. When this nation was founded, if you wanted to vote, right, you want to participate in this new democracy that we have. It's a republic, not a democracy. It's a republic... Run by a democratic process. Let's not be stupid about this stuff, okay? I know full well what a republic is. I do want to hear your nonsense. Some of you people that sit there and you're the kind of people that when somebody says I could care less, and they go, you mean you couldn't care less? You, you know what I meant? Shut up, and go away, okay? Yeah, I put a clip in my gun too. I hope you like that. Anyway, <laughs> sometimes it just it just irritates me, right? It twists my shorts, so to speak. But when we started out, you had to be a white male property owner. To vote. A white male property owner to vote. Which meant that nobody else even had a voice. This war that was just fought by plenty of people that weren't white male property owners, they weren't allowed to vote. And of course we did have slavery. And in the time it took to fix those things, to where black people couldn't be kept as slaves, to where black people could vote, to where women could vote, to where you didn't have to own land and vote, right? By the time we had fixed those things, we were already so careening down into tyranny. It was unbelievable. In fact, we actually got better after that for a while and then and then went back in and got worse. If you don't believe that, then look up pictures and in the 1920s of police officers me- measuring the length of swimsuits before a woman was allowed on the beach. That, that was this nation when we were supposedly free. This is a nation that, did, that made alcohol illegal because a bunch of people had a religious problem with it and wanted to run the nation like a theocracy. And all it did was create a huge underground business, a huge underground business, that's all it did, and we, we haven't learned that lesson in the drug the drug business. Actually, we they know full well they've learned the lesson. It's just it, it, it makes them so much money they, they they can't possibly want to win the war on drugs. There's no way this government wants to win the war on drugs. Then there would be no reason for you to give up so much money so that they could fight it. And there'd be none of no 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 reason for the infringement of so many liberties. Just like they don't want to win the war on terror. You have to have boogeymen out there so that people will believe and buy into your bullshit. So, so I think part of how we forgot freedom is we never gave it to everybody at the same time when it was really available. That's, that was like the, 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 the beginning of the illness. The next thing is, over time, with all these technological innovations, with all of our prosperity, the the, the fact that we were... For a time, the freest nation in the world, even when we weren't perfect, I'm even saying pretty modern times. I'm talking 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s. This nation was the the place to be in the world, even though it wasn't perfect. It was it was better. We were number one. We became comfortable because of that, and as we became more and more comfortable, and more and more sure of the fact that we would have three meals a day. that our our kids would grow up and go to school, etc., that we would have the American dream, we turned to the state and said, please preserve our comfort for us. Instead of feeling like, man, look what we did. We did this for ourselves. We bought into the lie of American exceptionalism. You have this because of your nation." And you say, how is that a lie? Because you just said it was true. In some ways, it was true. But you are your nation. We, we bought into the lie that just by being born here, going to school, getting good grades, and getting a good job, you get the American dream. That's what you do to get it. Instead of understanding, you have to fight for it, and you have to fight to keep it. I have a, a picture in today's show notes of a wolf. And the caption I put on it is, Freedom is a decision. A choice to live as you choose because you know your nature, embrace it, and make no apologies for it. I I believe that. And I think that's what we forgot. We became convinced that freedom, that liberty, was being comfortable. And that it was the job of government to preserve comfort. It was never the job of our government to preserve our comfort. But to preserve our liberty so that we could see to our comfort not to provide general welfare, but to promote it. So we asked the state to preserve our comfort, and the state said, sure, we'll do that. Sure, we'll do that, and then incrementally began to take away rights, freedoms, and liberties. And we now think, we now actually believe in this country that freedom is forcing others to comply. That is is currently our definition of freedom. Our definition of freedom is we force others to comply, and both sides do it. If you look at the gay marriage issue, the the, the conservative side wants to force society to comply with their definition of marriage through the force of the state with the the process of licensure, right? So the license controls who does and who does not get married. Who is recognized as a married couple and who is not? Okay. Now, the, 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 the liberal side, by and large, wants to force the other side to accept their definition of marriage and to participate in it even when they don't want to. Which means both sides are full of shit and wrong. The way that marriage should work is you decide who you're married to. That's between you, your partner, and whoever your version of God and faith and spirituality is, including if you're an atheist, then it's nothing that it's just between the two of you. And who gets to make that decision? The people getting married. And and why do we even care if the state recognizes a marriage? Because the state has created privileges and protections for those recognized as married. That's why. The state created privileges and protections for those who are married. This is why, whether you agree with it or not, the Supreme Court decision is constitutional because it falls under equal protection under the law. If you are going to grant privilege and protection to anybody with license, then anybody else qualified to receive that that wants it, that's willing to do whatever is required for it to happen, should be able to have it. And discrimination based on that that person or the two person's gender is unacceptable in your government. Right. Remember, I don't want this government. I want no government. So don't don't get mad at me for explaining to you how your government works. And people will say, "Well, you know, the 10th Amendment, Jack. This should be a state-level decision." No, no, no. No, because the place for the federal government to step in is when the rights and freedoms of others are stepped on. So if a state says, "I am willing to extend freedom and pr- or protection and privilege to one group of people with this piece of paper we issue but not with this other group of people that we issue it to we will not issue it to then that's actually the place in a republic a state member republic for the federal government to say no you can either offer it to everybody or you can offer it to nobody it is your choice that's where the 10th amendment comes in the state has the power to either offer the protection or not offer the protection. And I just like, for those of you on the right side of that dichotomy, I'd like to, to just explain to you how this might work. What if it was a state level decision to be able to or not be able to issue concealed handgun license? Right now, the, the, you know, you, we think we won a big victory with the, the decision on the Second Amendment. We did. We did. But it, there's no requirement that the state issue a concealed handgun license. The state can choose to allow open carry instead and actually restrict concealed carry if they want to. Or they can choose to do concealed carry without a permit. But what they cannot do is say we are going to issue concealed carry permits to white men. They can't do that. It would be discriminatory. And and those of you on the right justifiably would be livid if, let's say, the state of Alabama did that. Or if the state of Alabama said, we will only issue concealed uh, handgun licenses to married couples. Well, it's the Tenth Amendment. The state, that power is not given to onto the, to the federal government. And somebody said, well, the Second Amendment means there should be no interference. Yeah, but de facto law here, right? You're trying to pick and choose your battles, and you don't get to do that. If you have justice equal rights for all, then, then then you have to do things this way. Now again, I have my own solutions to a lot of these problems I'm not going to go deeply into today. Because they go down that, you know, scary place for a lot of people. Anarchy. Ah. Again, I'm telling you how your system's supposed to work. So when we ask the state to preserve our comfort, the state was happy to do so, and they did so by issuing privilege and protection to some. And that privilege sometimes was outright privilege, like a marriage license and protection and marriage license. And there was also covert, which is, you, you fund my campaign, I give you the highway contract. And that happens at local politic levels all the time, every day, right now. And they even do it, I see it done here in Tarrant County. A, a company creates a subcorporation, and they get that highway contract, and the other company is the one that actually gave the politician the money, They get the highway contract, they extract money from that contract, they don't get the job finished, and the company folds and goes bankrupt, and the parent company is never affected. And they do it again and again and again. That's granting privilege to some in return for compensation in the form of contributions. That's illegal, but they do it all the time. They do it all the time. And that's how the state preserves your comfort. Because they call it stability. Right? all the corporate welfare we have, and I have a question about that that I'll answer on Monday for the person that sent it in to me, but all the corporate welfare we have is justified in that it provides stability, it creates jobs, etc. And you have conservatives saying the government can't create jobs, but yet they're okay with corporate welfare because it's good for the economy. If it's good for the economy, that's another way of saying it creates jobs. So they're saying the government can't create jobs, but the government can create jobs by doling out money to corporations who create the jobs. What's the difference? There really isn't any. You're still stealing other people's money and distributing it. So, again, we now think freedom is forcing other people to comply with our desires. Now, there's no way you're going to have liberty, and there's no way you're going to have anything other than a snowball toward tyranny if you live in a place where people that use the word freedom and liberty and really believe it when they say it think freedom means that they can control other people's actions when those actions do not harm them, when those actions do not interfere with their life, their liberty, and their pursuit of happiness. And again, this is on both sides of the dichotomy. We have been sold the same bill of goods, I should say the same tub of bullshit, on both sides. It just is packaged differently. Liberal packaging of this control is based on emotions. We need to help the less fortunate. Teachers deserve more money. Not not any kind of a logical proof point. Here's a teacher that deserves more money because this is what they've done that makes them exceptional. right? Merit pay. Liberals want nothing to do with that. But it's all an appeal to emotion. And then the conservative appeal is to logic, which sounds good until you understand how that logic works. Just because it's logical doesn't mean it's not twisted. So the Republican appeal is, this works, so we should do it. This makes the economy better, so we should do it. This saves lives, so we should do it. Okay, And it again, it sounds great, but then you have to look at how it gets done. It gets done by restricting the rights of other people, or issuing privileges to other people and not to every person. We should not live in a world where privilege is granted by government. We should exist in a world where liberty is preserved by government if there's to be a government. Good luck making it happen, though. All right. So how can we fight this? long time ago, I, I did a show on liberty. Those of you like, I want old school TSP. Okay. This is a subject that goes way back to 2008. We've been talking about this in pretty much the same way, other than my personal ideology changing a little bit. We've been talking about this the same way for eight years. And a very long time ago, over seven years ago, I said the following. The ballot box is a fool's errand, and the rifle is a death sentence. In other words, if you think you're going to vote yourself a change in this country, forget it. Unless you're voting for a specific change. So the decriminalization of marijuana. That's an example. That's an example of actually voting equaling change. Changing the politician will never do anything. Because the system is designed to go one direction. So you, you if you put a different person in the in the in the train, right, the train still follows the tracks. Okay? You can't put a new engineer in a train and have them make a right turn unless the tracks go right. This system's on rails. It's not going to come off until it really comes off in the end, and that's going to be nah, okay? But as long as it's running, as long as the train's running, it's going in direction of the tracks. The, the the politician that really does want to make a change, by the time they sacrifice enough to get one thing done, the system owns them. It's designed that way. It's a predatory system. So we can't change it with voting, and these you know these patriot movements where everybody's got a gun. I have lots of guns, but you don't see me out you know saying we're going to take over or some stupid nonsense. The, the, the odds of an armed revolution being successful in this country today are a million to one because what are you fighting for what are you fighting for freedom and, and how would you define it and all the people that would, would say that they would stand up and take up arms largely are the conservative right and they're the ones trying to force their will on other people and when you win how will you run the country Will you appoint a dictator? No. Okay, how would you run the country then? Well, we'd have a new constitution. How would it look? It'd look a lot like the original one. We'd just have it, you know, enforced. Okay, and how would you select your leaders? Through elections. We have that now. So you you can't have an armed revolution in a nation that's run as a democracy. Because the fact that the people won't get up and get rid of everybody and actually start over with new people. Because if you had 100% new people in government, then you could change the system. There's always enough of the of the people left to keep the system running, to keep the train on the, on the track. So if the people won't even rise up and unelect their leaders, they're not going to rise up and fight their leaders in any numbers willing to make it happen. And all you would do is reinstall the system that you claim to not want. So all you're going to do if you start talking about using the rifle is get yourself killed or imprisoned. And if you try to vote, all you're doing is you're that truck where you see the guy in the mud hole. And he's going... And he looks at the wheel out the window. And he doesn't move at all, except one way, his ass end is going deeper. That's what you're doing when you're voting. So what can we do? We have to use the 10,000 paper cut approach, right? This system is designed to control you. So the first thing you have to decide is, I'm not going to be controlled. And you'll realize quickly after you do that, well, I'm going to be controlled some. Because there's a lot of things I want to do that if I just go out and do them, they'll put me in jail. So you have to start saying to yourself, but what are all the things I'm supposedly not allowed to do that if I do them, they won't put me in jail? They may not even know. And I might get to do it for so long that enough people will start doing it that, geez, they'll have to let us do it and go do those. Because you'll find there's two things that you can answer that question with. Some of them you're you're not allowed to do because they're illegal. They actually there's actually a law that says you can't do it. A lot of other things people just assume they can't do. They just assume they can't do it, right? They assume it's not legal. Or they assume that if I do it, everybody will come and hate me and stop me, right? There's a lot of stuff that people refuse to let themselves do that they really want to do because of social conformity, not because of legal requirement. So so the first thing is go do anything you want to do that doesn't hurt anybody else that you think you can get away with. Or that if you get caught, the consequences aren't that bad what happens if you have 10 chickens in a place you're supposed to have 4 and a compliance officer comes around eventually you have to get rid of 6 chickens so right now you have none does that i mean does that make sense and then you try to set things up in a way where it's least likely that you'll be attacked for that now you've got that one thing done go do something else go do something else go do something else Go do something else. And we have to start teaching other people about this. And we have to start teaching others about liberty. And you have to not do it the way that I did it today. Okay, I'm going to tell you how to do it now. And the reason I didn't do it initially at the beginning of the show is I wanted to meet you guys with the issues that you're familiar with. I wanted to talk a little bit about the actual laws and stuff like that so that you would understand where I'm coming from. But in your conversations with others about liberty, here's what you need to understand. Almost anybody you talk to who doesn't already think the way you do is going to resist any attempt for you to change their mind on any issue directly. There's some of you, you every time I bring up one of these issues that you're on the opposite side of me on, you just, you know, ah, why does he have to do this? Why? And that's how they feel too. Right? I have to do it because it's my job to make you think. It's my job to aggravate you a little bit. It's my job to make you... If you don't yell at me once a week, then I'm probably not doing my job well enough. Or you've been listening too long. I don't know. Right? Um, but when we're trying to teach others about liberty, we have to be a political atheist. At least in discussing any kind of an issue. In other words, we have to stick to principles and avoid people, policies, and parties. Right, those, those those three things should not enter at all into your political discussions: people, policies, and and uh, parties. So, when you're discussing something like the public education policies, right? Don't discuss the policies; discuss the realities. And when somebody says, "Well, the Democrats want," yeah, I'm not really interested in what the Democrats want. Well, I guess you're a Republican, and no, I really don't care what the Republicans want either. I I don't I don't. I don't really care about that. I, I care about kids learning. So here's all these ways I think kids can learn, and here's everything I see wrong with the current system. And, and by the way, that system looks the same in, in red states and blue states, and red counties and blue counties. They look the same. Some are more successful, but the, the 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 way the system is run is the same no matter who's in charge, so let's not worry about who's in charge. But, I mean, we really need to stick more to principles anyway. You don't even need to talk about the issue. You need to talk about the concept of freedom and liberty with people and find their pain points and discuss them. Here's what I know about most Americans. Most Americans have at least one thing that they either do that's illegal and they get away with it, right? but they're always in fear that they're going to get caught, or they have at least one thing that they would like to do but can't. Because of law and government and restriction, and when we talk to people, we should find out, like, well, what do you want to do? If you, if you could do anything you want right now, what would you do? And they'll start telling you all their dreams and, and, and hopes and, and things like that. And you know, when you start talking, you say, well, why don't you go do that? Usually, the first excuse is money, right? And I've said this before: if you have a big enough problem in your life that you want to change, and money's the issue, you can always find money. If you have if you have a social issue that you want to impact. You can always find money. You can find other people's money for that. If you really care about what you want to do, if you really believe in something, and if you are a warrior for a cause, you can find people with have, that have money, that believe in that cause, and if you can make a case to them that their money is well spent, if they give it to you, they'll give it to you. Whether it's through an actual charity that gives them a deduction, or just going, here's a check, go do it. You can do fundraising. You can always find money. And what you always run into is law, government, restriction. The government says, oh, you can't do that. We can't have that here. We can't have a community garden here, whatever it is. Right? And if you don't run into government, you run into private government, which is what we call like HOAs and other forms of private governments that, that, that people have gotten together for greater interference with liberty. So when you start talking to somebody about liberty, Stay off of the policies. Stay off of the the politics. Stay off of the people, the names, the parties. They have no place. Just talk to them about what, what they think is wrong that they're not able to do. And get them to actually explain to you how wrong it is. I would like to be able to do this because, right? Oh, and why can't you? How do you feel about that? And then say, well, have you ever thought about this issue, whatever it is? Right. Well, yeah. Are you for again? Oh, I'm against that. Right. Okay, you're against that. Okay. How do you think people that want to do that feel? Don't you think they feel the same way you do about this issue? Don't you think they feel just as controlled by others? And I mean, that thing doesn't that they want to do doesn't really hurt you. It doesn't harm you. It doesn't take your property. It doesn't it doesn't interfere with your life. It, and then walk away. I mean, these are the types of conversations we have to start having with our friends who are pure status. there's there's something they don't like about the state. Now, most statists have been convinced their side's the good guys and the other side's the bad guys, right? Their side's Joker, or the other side's Joker, and then their side's Batman. It's that righteous, right? You know? They more feel like they're Superman, right? Because even Batman was like a dark knight vigilante. Superman, truth, justice, the American way. And Democrats and Republican statists both believe that if our side was just able to get the things it wants to get done done, everything would be so much better. But yet when you start talking to them, you'll find that there's some things they want to personally do in their own lives that government interferes with. And at this point, see, they're convinced it's the other guy. It's the other guys that prevent them from doing it. Not that it's the state, not that it's government. So you stick to the principles. When they try to drag you into a debate on, you know, why Hillary Clinton would be a, the lesser of two evils between her and, let's say, Donald Trump or Jeb Bush. Or, you know, as much as I don't like Trump, he's the lesser of two evils if he's running against Bernie Sanders. Like, you just don't go there. Like, that doesn't even affect most of the issues you're talking about anyway. You stick to reality. What is liberty? What is freedom? And if you have those conversations with people, you'll start getting into something called collaboration. Have you ever noticed that we never have political collaboration discussions? Wouldn't it be interesting if you took five people that were qualified to be president and put them into like that debate arrangement and said, instead of talking about how each other sucks, guys, I want to hear everybody's idea about how to do this, about how to fix uh, the problem in the Middle East. Everybody's idea. And even if I don't agree with the outcome, wouldn't it be more interesting? And... and If you have five people that are smart enough to be president of the United States, don't you think they might come up with some actual good ideas? And don't you think their ideas would be better if combined? You know, how would you, imagine instead of, we need more money for teachers, we need merit pay for teachers. Instead of that debate, how about the the five of you tell us how, if, if we just didn't have an education system at all right now, if you were just building one today, how would you build it? You might even find the statist politician realizing how stupid the state is. Because if you actually could, if you could deprogram them enough to get them to have that discussion, these people are smart. You know, Trump keeps saying they're all stupid. They're not stupid. They're not stupid. That's why they control you, because they're not stupid. They know how to pretend to be stupid. They're stupid like Jessica Simpson. I don't know if you guys know who Jessica Simpson from pop music, right? She's like this airheaded idiot blonde. No, she's not. That is her image. That is a carefully crafted image as far as I can tell. And that's how these people are. They have these images that they craft, and they don't want to look too smart. They don't want to look too infallible. They want to look just good enough, just better than the next guy. So you'll pick them. But they understand what they're doing, and a lot of these people did. See, that's the thing about politicians. They're like created maniacs. Most of them, God started because they really. When they tell that heartfelt story about how my dad worked in a slaughterhouse or some crap like that, and I worked real hard and he put me through law school and I wanted to make a difference, and they, they you know, they give you that backstory. That backstory is usually true. It went all wrong from there. Because they got into a system that's designed to screw you up, to make you owned. That is our system. But if, if you actually took the same people that we put in government and took the system out from underneath them, eventually it would just get rebuilt. I understand that. Again, my fellow anarchists, I'm talking from the viewpoint of the average person today. Okay? Those people actually could come up with a lot of really great liberty-oriented solutions that would give everybody much more of what they're looking for. But they can't do it. In, see, that's the whole point. The system's so broken that the, even if you if you sat down with the United States Congress and told them all to shut up and listen, and they did it and presented them a perfect way as perfect as can possibly be, to change building codes, and in doing so, you would revitalize the construction industry in America. You would reduce the consumption of energy by homes by 50% for every new home that went in. That it would be completely safe. Comparative. That it would be safer than what we have now. If it required dismantling the existing structure to do it. And if every single one of them wanted to do it, if they all looked at it and said, this makes sense, this guy makes sense, the the, the numbers check out, every, we we should do this, they couldn't do it. If the entire House and the entire Senate wanted to do it, they couldn't do it. Because where are you going to start? Well, we can't take that away. We can't take this away. They would act, if, if they wanted to do it, the only way they could do it is to create a bubble to do it in. They'd have to create special provisions, right? They'd have to leave everything else intact and create this special provision. And when a government creates a special provision, they create special protections. And when they do that, they end up getting bought and deciding who gets in and who doesn't get in. So they can't change it. So, so why are we Why are we working in a system that doesn't work instead of our own lives? That works. Because here's the truth. A person can only be free if they understand freedom. And most don't. If you think your freedom is being able to control what somebody else does, then you don't understand freedom. And that means you'll never be individually free. Because most people that think they're free Spend so much time worrying about what somebody else is doing that they enslave themselves in their mind. They're so worried, so worried that some dude down the road is smoking dope. We got to have a law about that. We do. Why you got to enforce that law? The president's not enforced. You know, and, and somebody like Christie says, enjoy it now. If you're in Colorado and you're smoking pot, enjoy it now. Because when I become president, which will be about the same time hell freezes over, by the way, you won't be doing it no more. And you got people cheering that. What? What is wrong with us? And the people cheering it are the ones that love the Tenth Amendment. As long as it's... See, that's that's the problem. What people think liberty is, is when the the laws that are supposed to be about freedom are used to give them the things that they want. Rather than when they're used to protect people so that everybody has the opportunity to pursue what they want. So this nation has no chance of being free right now. You, you could put the, the right guys in office at every level, and this nation still can't be free right now. Because it's chosen slavery. It's clinging to slavery. People get violent... They get violent in, in tone the minute you actually start to explain what liberty is to them. As soon as it affects their thing that they want control over, they get violently upset. I know you've seen it in people around you. They start yelling. They start screaming. And they start calling you names, right? I love when people start calling me a liberal. You're just a Obama-loving liberal. It's like, well... <laughs> Wow, uh let me tell you how bad you messed that one up, right? Because they can't see it being anything else, right? they, they can't. you must be a fascist no that that would be our our country's a fascist country. you don't love it, leave it. God, see this is this is the nonsense. Now how can you have a people that has respond with the need and the left is just as bad? You start explaining what a true free market is to a socialist, progressive, liberal Democrat. Oh, you know, you're, 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 you're a fascist Republican. I actually don't like those things. You know what they tell you? This is, cause I hear it from the liberals in this audience all the time. You're really a Republican. It shows when you attack Hillary Clinton over her email scandal. I think she broke the law. And I have a problem with public officials breaking the law that they think we're supposed to obey. I don't think that's right. I don't care who they are. No, see, that shows that you really cyber Republicans. And these are people that listen all the time. And you're like, what's wrong with you? But this, how can, how can either of those people ever have freedom in their own life? How can the, a, a nation populated by people that think this way have freedom? See, this is very, very hard to accept, because when you when you do accept this, you realize that everything you're told about your nation being the freest nation in the world is a lie. And it's always been a lie. And the hardest part is then you have to accept that you believed it. You believed the lie. And when you start to peel the layers back and look at it, it's so obvious. It hurts. No one wants to believe that they're in a cell. Nobody wants to believe that they're in prison. No one wants to no one wants to accept that the walls really there and all of the illusion that you can go beyond it is a hologram. It's not real. You're walking in a circle for 10 miles instead of actually walking for 10 miles. No one wants to accept that. And it's scary as hell to realize for me to have my freedom those people over there that I vehemently disagree with I disagree with their way of life. I disagree with their choices. I disagree with their religion. Right? You know, another great line that just turns me, like I'm done with a person when I hear it. Well, it's those godless liberals. Oh my, how can that person ever be free that thinks that way? If you think that way, how can you be free? You want to impose your faith on somebody else? How can you have religious freedom and impose your faith on somebody else? And even if you could, all that means is as soon as you're not the majority, guess what? Whoever is gets to impose their faith on you. So that's the way if it's okay for you to shove somebody because you're bigger and stronger than they are, then it's okay for me to shove you because I'm bigger and stronger than you are. And and this is what our nation's become. It's become a nation of bullies. We all this talk of bullying. It's the population that are bullies. We have a bunch of feel-good idiots in college campuses that want people to use Z instead of he or she because it offends people to be called a male or a female now. And we should be gender neutral. This is a, that That's a form of bullying. Uh, you know what? I'll call you whatever you want. You can be a big, hairy, stinky dude that tells me I think I'm a woman. I'll call you she. I don't care right don't ask me to change the rules of the English language to suit your desires and if you want to call yourself a Z, whatever the hell that is, I don't care. I support the shit out of your right to do that but don't make other people do it. See that's pushing somebody and these are people that say they're opposed to bullying and if if you know if you're a logical person you go these people are nuts right these people are like this is idiocy. Check the mirror. Where are you doing something like this? Right? And Again, a lot of it comes from either the religion of statism or a true religion. And that is the two sides you have. That's the true dichotomy. People that place their faith in a state and people that place their faith in a religion. Unless I didn't say God. In a religion. Faith in God is one thing. Faith in a religion is another Your religion is how you practice your faith in God, okay? But it's not how I do it or anybody else does it. So you can't use your religion on others. You use your religion for yourself. Religion is an inward experience, not an outward expression, okay? by, By focusing inward, then you radiate outward what you've become, and then others judge that and determine whether or not that makes sense for them. I want to be like this person. Then maybe they'll follow you in your walk, in your faith, whatever it is. But when you start saying, I want to apply my religion to someone else, you're now bullying and you're using God to justify it. So how can a nation of bullies be free? We can't. So the only way to be free now is for you to know your true nature and follow it. And again, this is where people get weirded out, right? Because well, if everybody did that, we'd have a uh, a nation full of psychopaths killing each other all the time. Really, really? If you did I mean, if you're saying that, I think maybe you should go see a psychologist or a psychiatrist. Like, if that's the first thing you think of, then I'm I'm asking, well, would you? See, I didn't say everybody should do it. I wish everybody would, honestly. Do you think most people, if they followed their true nature, would actually go out and start knocking old ladies off or something? Do you really? See and the criminal already does this. The criminal already follows his true nature. The law doesn't prevent criminals from committing crimes. If it did, we just make crime illegal. and there wouldn't be any, right? So criminals are going to violate the law anyway. Good people follow the law just like our history segment today. Not because the government requires them to, but because they find it the moral thing to do. I'm not going to steal from somebody, not because I don't want to get arrested for stealing. right? I'm not going to steal for someone because I think it's wrong to take what they have. Well, I think it's wrong for someone to take what you have, even if that person has a title like tax collector. So the only answer is for you to break free of the collective and, and create your own bubble of freedom. Now, I'm talking about the government would create a bubble to, to allow something like a new way to build houses. They, if they wanted to, they would have to. Not the bubble that blows up, like the bubble of protection. Because they'd have to run it parallel to the existing system. They could never tear that system down. There's too much money holding it together. There's too much vested interest. So you have to create that bubble for yourself. You have to start building that liberty in your own life, and then you have to start radiating that liberty out. You can't force somebody to be free. Huh? And thats is that not what we do in this country? We're trying to force other people to be free. That, 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 That says it all right there, ladies and gentlemen. It really does. Folks, you can't impose your freedom on others. What you can do is practice your freedom for yourself. That's what was meant by this nation being the shining city on a hill. Not that we would impose our will on others, but we would demonstrate so clearly the benefits of freedom that others would say, I want that too. And we never did it perfect, but we did it so much better at one time that that's what people did. They came here for that freedom. Now we have people coming here so that they can collect social welfare. We really do. And you can't say we don't because we really do. American citizenship is now the most restrictive thing in, 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 in world finance, the most restricted form of life in finance globally. Is, a, is an American citizen. If you're not an American citizen, you can pretty much open a bank account in any bank in the world. If you're an American citizen, no bank, any, any other, other nation wants anything to do with you. Unless you're uber rich and then your corporation that you own over there can have a bank account. Right? But you? No way. All these restrictions that are supposed to prevent the rich people from putting their money outside of the country don't do anything to these people. This, this idea that we're going to make You know, companies like Apple pay their fair share of taxes by not letting them do their business in China. That's a great campaign point. Never going to happen. Never going to happen. It's not even possible. And frankly, it shouldn't be. If you treat people well, then they want to be where you are. If you treat money well, then money wants to be where you are. When you're draconian with money, money goes elsewhere. It's very simple. So... Since we, that's above our pay grade, how much GE or Apple pays an income tax is above your pay grade. You're not going to change it with your vote. Even worrying about it at this point is pointless. Worrying about the national debt is pointless. Oh, we have to worry about it. Why? Do you think they're going to pay it off? I, I listened to idiots last night talking about paying down a debt. You can't pay down a debt. The only thing that happens when you pay debt off in this country with the system we're under is you, you contract. you contract the economy. If, if all money is debt and you pay down debt you destroy money it implodes on itself it's called deflation as bad as inflation is so you have to build your own freedom your own liberty and you have to spread it like a disease like a virus like an idea and and, and stay away from the three P's you know people policies and parties, those, those aren't going to get you anywhere with people. Cause as soon as you reach a point of disagreement, they're going to go into that mode. You're a liberal Tommy. You know, you're a repugnant. It's the word for Republicans I just learned. A repugnican or something like a republic. I can't remember it now. That's, that's how we're programmed. You, you can't have a conversation with liberty about someone, about that with someone. You can't. All you have to do is talk about the principle of liberty. That's it. That's all you can do to spread it. Do it. Talk to people about freedom and liberty. What is freedom and liberty to you? That's a great question. What does that mean to you? And if it's going you know, along, does it ever mean enforcing your will on other people? If so, when? Sometimes when a person says something completely stupid when you ask that question, the best thing to go is go, I see. I understand what you're saying. Don't agree with it, but I understand it. And then don't don't debate it. Walk away. Let them think about it. Sometimes you have to get somebody to actually say what they think. Because they think one thing and they justify it by, by covering it up with pretty words. Just like politicians. The politicians train us to behave like them. But when you actually make them say it say what they really are thinking when they're saying these things. And they hear the words manifest themselves in their mouth and they think, holy crap, that's sounded dumb. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me at all. Well, if that's the case, guess what? You might just get them headed in the right direction. With that, this has been Jack Spierko with another edition of the Survival Podcast. Helping you figure out how to live that better life if times to get tough. Or even if they don't. Fast
1: on a rough road, riding high through the mountains, climbing, twisting, turning further from my home. Young. But tell them if I don't serve